I'm like, I mean, you're actually talking to a woman who's done this job. Hi, woman here. <laughs> there was a picture of some guy. It was a picture on this guy's resume. It was, he was an older guy, and he had this really like he was really oh, he obviously like fake like tan, and he had a co- like really bad comb over that started from here to here. And you open it and you go, "What in the Fabio <laughs> going on here?" It's like shirt off, not like a button up over a like over a t shirt or something. No, like man titties like- and all nips out oh, yeah. <laughs> the okay i have the right to defend myself Great. and i have the right to say this isn't gonna fucking fly <laughs> hi and welcome to another episode of fuck your podcast i'm emma pardo and i'm katie martin and on today's episode we have emily padroli one of our very very good friends and team members and uh recruiting expert so um we're gonna talk about all kinds of fun stuff the this episode really wanted to talk about like the good and the bad the good the bad and the ugly of recruiting (laughs) because <laughs> it's pretty vast and emma's gonna be like i'm just gonna sit here and listen while you guys talk because emily and i could probably talk and bitch about recruiting for a good few hours <laughs> like recruiting wise i probably started recruiting in like 2011 and it was just you know recruiting it was just recruiting and hiring for the companies that i work for and then i did it more more full-time like well as needed then like in like 2013 the roofing company that i worked for i did all the recruiting and hiring until we hired a recruiter so that was the first place that i worked that had a specific recruiter and then you know as time progressed on around 2016 17 i started doing it in the capacity that we do it now where it's more like an agency so tell us a little bit of background like as far as when you got into it yeah so professionally speaking it was probably around the same time you did actually um but then going back to like like personally i knew i should be a recruiter because i would like recruit people in like friend groups it's like everyone would be like recruited by emily and like (laughs) i like introduced everyone and it was just like super fun to see people come together and then oh gosh like in my sorority in college was like how i was introduced to like recruiting I didn't really know Mm. about it like professionally I mean you're going through college it's not really an option they're like doctor lawyer sales like (laughs) don't know so I got introduced to it through um an agency setting in like 2018 um and that was like a that was like a hiring agency it was more so staffing um which I very quickly discovered like the difference between staffing and I guess, recruiting, hiring, it can be pretty different, especially in like agency to then corporate. And then what we do now, which is like working with clients directly doing direct hires, but it started off with like the pretty typical, like kind of like a sweatshop of recruiting (laughs) is how I described it. Um, I definitely very quickly earned my stripes being in that environment because it was it was intense. We were encouraged to, you know, find people who were working full-time jobs and get them to 
quit and start a contract role. Just about all of our positions were contracted. Um, but over there, I worked in the professional division and I did a lot of like healthcare, um, did some HR, really anything under the like professional services, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, warehouse, scientific, like clinical things like that. So yeah, I've been doing it since about, yeah, like 2018 or so. Yeah. And I recruiting the thing about, I, I'd say that like, what makes a really good recruiter and like wh- why you're so good at it is because you're not really intimidated by too many positions and it's, you've just got to be like open to like the hunt, like the hunt and the challenge, like finding the right people. And at some point just saying, Hey, like you're going to talk to me one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've talked to so many different people. I mean, it started, started off with, you know, very entry level positions. And then, you know, a, a few months in, I went through like recruiter two training and was working on, um, more high, like high up administrator roles. Um, and then when we were at our previous company and I was doing like VP of sales and like, you know, mm-hmm. and all over the place, the hardest one, I think to date that I've done, it's not because of the like level of like seniority. Um, it's all those tech roles. I don't speak that language at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, the coders and the programmers and knowing these different languages and softwares that is like a whole other language. Have you done work with that? No, I've, I've almost like intentionally avoided it (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because one, one, it's like, I mean, I consider myself pretty tech savvy, but if you're talking about like, like tech recruiters, they are looking for these needles in a haystack. Like a lot of companies, when they have to hire a tech recruiter, they're trying to find this very specialized position, like Mm -hmm. super, super specialized position for a software that we've probably never heard of that, um, or some sort of coding method, or like you said, a language, like, you know, getting somebody who's a specialist in this type of code language. And we're just like, hmm, yeah, you can tell me that you know all this stuff and I have no way to decipher. It, it's all, because it's literally uh, like acronyms left and yeah. right. I'm like, mm-hmm. I swear yeah. it makes me feel dyslexic. And they're also not like the type of people that there's a whole lot of personality to read. So like a lot of the stuff that we I'm do- I'm engaged to one. <laughs> so like- is, a lot of things we do as recruiters, as far as like picking up on tonality and like on Zoom calls and face-to-face calls, like picking up on body language, like as far as catching if somebody's being honest or if they're exaggerating or, you know, things like that. Like you don't get that with certain personality types. So no, I've avoided, I've avoided tech recruiting. Um, One thing that I like, so the industry that we've worked in at least the last few years together home service companies, roofing companies, things like that. And there's a lot of places out there that they think recruiting is you just have like this magical stable of unicorns that are just ready to like plug and play into their company. You know, like, Hey, I'm going to pay you some money. Can you send me somebody who can start Monday? And that's not realistic unless you're in the world of staffing. Yeah. And so that's the thing that a lot of, and a lot of people, I hate saying it, but even a lot of even the place we worked before would advertise, hey, we could we have closers ready to work. And that's just not the case. Like a recruiting agency <laughs> is just not the same as like staffing, you know, like where you can yeah. somebody in. And typically it's body by, versus quality too. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Two things that I talk to clients about, um, especially if they're if they reach out to me for recruiting or for help hiring. 
I, I typically will talk about, okay, are you hiring consistently for the same position? And there are some positions that are more naturally higher turnover than other positions. And sometimes it, it doesn't have anything to do with the company. Like that doesn't mean the company's bad. It doesn't mean there's like a bad environment. It's just the nature of the position. And the people who are in that position, like salespeople, always bigger, better, greener pastures. Like, yep, hundred (laughs) percent. So, and I've had the same thing. I've worked with some painting companies where they hire painters, you know, because they're really busy. So you just certain tradesmen, certain skilled labor, um, warehouse type of positions um sales of different levels even like they don't even have to be entry-level sales sometimes they're like medium and higher level uh, advanced sales positions it still has higher turnover it's just the the numbers don't lie so um that's one thing that i try to convey to somebody where i'm like there's a huge difference between recruiting and staffing and if you have a higher turnover position like a a high volume position it's probably not going to make sense or, and it's not going to make financial sense for you to hire me to recruit for that because yeah. I'm going to charge you a pretty big fee for that one hire. And that person might only be there eight months, might yeah. be there a year and a half. And so I, your, your money's better spent either figuring out how to, like, how to master your own recruiting process or develop your own recruiting process yeah. or hire somebody just to do recruiting for you. Like it yeah. would be it would be a small fortune if like if they paid real recruiters you know like with what we do um to hire your like high turnover position so that's the way that like it's kind of how we differentiate like qualifying people it's like not that i can't help you it's just i have a different service that might make better sense for you yeah and, and- I think that's how we as recruiters like can be differentiated from other recruiters in the market who have more of a negative, there's more of a negative stigma there because a lot of other recruiters, they're going to say, I don't care if there's high turnover, you're going to pay me this. It is what it is. And they're not going to be looking out for the client's best interest. Um, So, I mean, when we hear that and it's like, oh, it probably, this probably doesn't make sense financially for you. doesn't make sense for our time. Like, this is not going to be a symbiotic relationship. Any, any like way you hash it out, mm-hmm. it's probably not best to do it. I'm sure there's been instances too, where it's like, Hey, if it's not going to work out, like we can still talk about like your processes and like what's going on, maybe help you build out a process. Um, and I think that's cool to also have that consultative nature and like do the coaching and consulting. And when you've identified, it's not best to go through with recruiting for this, Um, there's still a way to help. And I think, especially you coming at it from, I just want to help people. And yeah, I, I have that mentality. I know Emma has that mentality. Um, we get a lot of, a lot of reach from that. And I mean, it's, it's so cool to see, you know, people be receptive to different information too. Yeah. The one thing that I like, Emma, this would probably begin that you've not done a ton of recruiting, you know, like the act of recruiting, right? Like the stuff that Emma and I do every single day. Um, but we're growing the company's growing We're we might be hiring slower than some other organizations but you know it's it just is what it is it's just where we're at but you're going to start having more of a hand in the hiring process you know as far as we bringing on more people bringing on more people to the team um but and i don't know why that gives me like being untrained to that it gives me such anxiety to do I like to everybody it's crazy because i'm just like I know how I can do something. 
I don't know how somebody else could be doing something. So like, it's all about the trust and it's hard to trust somebody based on their answers in an interview. Cause I've also been that person in the interview. That's like, I've done X amount of years of this and I'm so driven and I never get lazy. And like this whole, like hype yourself up Yeah, and to an extent it's true, kind of over-exaggerated, but then who do you, how, who's to say that there isn't some Joe Schmo who's like overqualified gets the job and then you have to deal with him being completely underqualified. I don't yeah. know. That's the part that gives me anxiety is going, I really don't want to waste my time yeah. on somebody that's like going to give me a headache. Yeah. And it's hard because I mean, it's almost, I mean, it is an art. It is a science. There's math to it of like how you best qualify these candidates on the front end to ensure, I mean, there's always going to be the, the, the bad hire. It happens. It happens to everyone, no matter what level you're hiring for, what industry, who's doing the hiring it happens. Um, but there are definitely certain ways where you can qualify them as thoroughly as possible on the front end. Um, I mean, some of my approaches, I mean, of course I'm very professional when talking to candidates, but I'm, I'm not stuffy. I'm not robotic. I like to really engage in conversation. And I really try to note what we're talking about on the front end of the conversation where they're a little, you know, a little bit more uptight, maybe a little bit more nervous. Um, and they're kind of like rattling off, like, these are my skill sets and I've done this and I have X amount of experience. And then once I've kind of like peeled back the layer and see them relax a little bit more, I'll kind of revisit the same things, the same topics, but from a different angle. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time it'll uncover a little bit more truth or accuracy mm-hmm. through that type of conversation flow. You gotta um, get the guard down, like, which is basically yeah. what doing. I know. And I mean, I'm sure we've all been in interviews before, uh, where it's, it's like they're reading off of a list. It is so impersonable or yeah, they don't care about you at all. It's, it's, it's robotic. It's uncomfortable. It's cold. And you're not really going to find any genuine information that way. They're just basically going to be reading back their resume to you, which I hope you can just read. Hopefully you can read. So, but with that, you know, I, it's, it's nice. Cause I've had people talk to me about they're like, like on interviews at the end of it, they're like, it was really great talking with you. I enjoyed this call today. Um, cause they broke down their walls or I broke down their walls, you know, right. they opened up and I got more accurate information from them that way. The, uh, what Emma, what you said about, uh, giving you anxiety about like, mm-hmm. like all of that, every single business owner has that. I've not talked to a single, if anybody listening to this podcast owns a business and you've not felt this way, you're a liar. <laughs> um, I think what's so crazy why I get the anxiety is the only like hiring I've seen internally was from the bowling alley. It was like, mm-hmm. you'd see people come in, they'd go into the office, they'd have an interview with my mom and stepdad, and then they'd leave. And my mom and stepdad always seemed so confident about, you know, they're either a turd or they're, they're going to get hired. I mean, it's a bowling alley <laughs> job, but what's so crazy is that most of the people that they had, like, I don't think they've ever hired someone and been like, oh boy, here we go. You know? They and it just, you, they just don't, they don't seem positive. to, they don't seem to have, they come off like they don't have the anxiety about it. So that's where I'm like, how do you, like, that's what I've witnessed before. I, and then me actually doing it. I'm like, well, okay. Emma, remember when we had the event in February and you yes. kept saying how nervous you were and 
you could not tell at all. No. Like, I mean, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's just, it, even me, like there's sometimes I'm like, I'm not like, please don't answer, please don't answer. But there's times <laughs> where I'm like, man, I really don't feel like I'm on my game today. Let's, let's see yeah. how this goes. But uh, also at the same real. time, <laughs> like the more I think of it is I was the front desk girl at the bowling alley, you know, I was the manager. So I would be the one talking to everybody, but I'd also be technically recruiting in a sense for leagues. Sure. You know, I'd like make the phone calls to like people in the community, like, Hey, do you want to sign up for a league? And I would, I guess I do have like some experience, the more I think cold about calling. It. very mm-hmm. informal, yep. but, um, <laughs> It's not calling people for a job. It's calling people to come spend money at our bowling alley. Um, But I would always get the anxiety, like, please let me just leave a voicemail. I'd rather just leave a voicemail. (laughs) But that's, that's sales. So not to discount what recruiters do by any means, because it's, it's a grind. Right. Um, And there is the, 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 the critical thinking and the planning and the strategy and everything on the front side. But the thing that I try to tell business owners when they freak out because they're like, I have no idea how to hire. I'm like, yeah, you probably do because it's just like sales and marketing. It's very, very similar. And they probably know how to do that. Recruiting is one of those things that everybody avoids it till they have to do it. It's like, I'm not going to do it, but now I have to. Like, I have the need. I'm going to, and then they'll act out of desperation. I think that's where most bad hires come from. But like that whole that whole like the anxiety like you talk about or something like I have business owners that'll come to me and be like I have no idea how to hire like really how many people are on your team well, I have 17 people on my team well you obviously hire them there so right. let's take what works and see if we can make it more efficient but it's uh but if you have like if you run a business and you know how to market your business and you know how to sell whatever it is that you sell your product or your service if you know how to market it and you know how to sell it then you would be surprised it like it's small adjustments to recruit and to hire like it's just making it's just positioning but it's if you can market and you can market your company and you can sell your service then you can recruit people because the process is damn near the same like it's Mm -hmm. they're almost identical like if you laid out the recruiting you know the recruiting process like the things that we do emily like on a daily basis and your pipeline, like how you manage a candidate pipeline, yep. no different than how you generate leads and manage a sales pipeline for your company. It's so similar, like so, yeah. so similar. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that also kind of intimidates people when they're like, oh, it could, it's like sales, but the big difference is like the, instead of a product or a service, it's like a person and a person is the most unreliable product of anything you could sell. Um, so I think that's another reason people are like, Oh man, I really don't want to do this. Um, I remember when we had our, um, event in February and I got up to speak and I asked, I was like, okay, well who in here like actually enjoys recruiting one person, right? Yeah, one person. I was no. like, well, I'll have a job forever. Um, but it can, it can, be, I mean, it can be a grind. And there's not really like, a, there's not really like a magical pill. Like you just have to understand the pieces that are going to get you closer to what you want. So, you know, understanding the qualifications, under, like understanding the qualifications you're looking for. And it really, the hardest part is knowing where to go look. I think that's where most people don't know, like the resources that are out there to recruit and the more modern techniques that you could utilize to recruit. There's a software that um, I demoed today that we could, that we're going to be able to utilize for recruiting 
and it's da- it's a data mining software, but we can target a particular industry and a particular level. So, and like actually target people that are still employed and get like, get way more reliable info than like what we've been able to get. So that's the, that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize there's so many tools out there and they don't really understand headhunting, but it's like, if you told a roofing company, well, you know how to knock doors, right? Yep. So, so how do you get started doing that? Well, I find an area and I qualify it. Great. So I do a search and I qualify the people. Then I just tap them until they talk to me. It's really, it's, it's really not any different. I'm not, I mean, it sounds like I'm oversimplifying what we do, which I'm not trying to take away what we do, but it's like, like you said, before 2018, before 2018, you didn't know how to do it before, you know, a lot of the methods we use now before 2018, I didn't know how to do. So it's, it can be, it can be learned. It's just more about the persistence. And then, so if you're going to outsource recruiting, you're just basically leveraging the money that you're paying somebody to do it to buy back your time. Yeah. So what's the craziest, I can think of a couple off the top of my head really fast. Like what's the, what's one of the craziest candidate experiences that you've had? Um, oh my God. The Fabio. (laughs) Remember that one, the Fabio there was man who took his shirt off in his interview with me. No. Oh, no. Do I not know that one? There was a picture of some guy. It was a picture on this guy's resume. He was an older guy and he had this really like, he was really oh, he obviously looked like fake a, like tanned a- and he had a co- like really bad comb over that started from here to here and you open it and you go what in the fabio <laughs> going on here um i mean i don't think i ended up talking to him though but yeah no. the, the i know everyone's like headshots don't belong on a thing like a you can do a nice professional headshot on a resume it's not that big of a deal yeah. but like let it be a professional picture right I- not like your Tinder picture or <laughs> a, a mug shot. I swear I've seen people oh, who. Man. Well, yeah. other ones in other countries kind of look like mug shots, but there's a, there's certain cultures yeah. where putting your headshot on your resume is pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah. I did get a lot of those um, with, especially a lot of the like more like tech roles. Yeah. Um, people who were like looking to come over here um, and no one was smiling in those. So I found out very quickly that that was also, I guess, a cultural thing yeah. is like being professional, being serious. Um, right. But no, I think one of the wilder ones was, yeah, I had an interview for um, I think, I think this was a sales role that I was working on and it was a Google meet. So camera on everything like that. And he had, he took his shirt off in the middle of us talking. What did you even do? Like, what was your reaction? Like 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 bare chested? Yes. Like shirt off, not like a button up over a, like over a t-shirt or something. No, man titties and all? Nips out. (laughs) Okay. Um, And I was like, he's, happening at first I like didn't say something for a moment because I was just like like short circuiting like what the hell is happening so what prompted him to take his shirt off was it something like did he say anything about taking his shirt off like I'm just so confused he just takes his shirt off um he was like he didn't really like sit in like it was it was basically like he was giving me time in passing of him doing something it was like yeah 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 whatever and then like he was just like god i was like and i eventually was just like do you need do we need to talk another time because this is not quite appropriate for this (laughs) 
that was weird. Um, I don't know. I've been cussed out. I've had people who were threatening to look up where I live. Yeah, I've had that kind of stuff. A lot of messages too. They like people think like there's and it, it's a generational thing, like where they feel it's way more invasive to get a text message and get super. Where'd you get my number? By it. Yeah, where, where'd you get my number? On the internet. <laughs> like the internet. I, that's I know. crazy to me. Like people are just like, oh, you don't do that. Like you don't do things like that. Like that's your social security number. I'm like, I can find anything out about you that I want on the internet. I- Hold on. There was a text I got and I read it to Christian the other day because it was so crazy. Hold on. Um, oh my, I have to find, it was something. Oh, here it is. I would never take a job for you. Three exclamation points, all caps ever four exclamation points. Now scoot, scoot your butt out of my life. Have a good day. Thank you. (laughs) I go, Good God, that was dramatic. <laughs> I'm just so like, like, they don't, I guess a lot of people don't realize that it's a real person on the other line. So yeah. um, I like to let them know. Yeah, like I'm actually reading this in real time and responding in real time. And then I love to go and then make sure I add them on LinkedIn after that. Um, That's funny. I'm like, howdy ho. <laughs> I have to look at, now you have to look me in the face. You you don't like, it's like dealing with the general public. And I mean, you got to filter through some of that nonsense. And I, I think it's, it keeps it interesting. Um, I've had, yeah. I've had the guy who sent me a straight up dick pic on LinkedIn and then was like, Oh wait, I really do need a job. I'm like, well, you just blew it, buddy. <laughs> oh my God. What kind of job. Like, yeah, like I was talking please tell her. me this was unsolicited. Well, yeah, it's not like oh, I Katie asked, asked for it. For sure. <laughs> hey, buddy, process. I'm looking for a project manager in Minneapolis. By the way, can you see me what you're, can you show me what you're packing? Like, <laughs> that's not part of the interview process. Um, so yeah, he did. He sent me, he sent me a, he sent me a dick pic through, through messenger. Like wasn't even like to my, to my phone. It was through. Oh my God. I was just choked on my water. <laughs> <laughs> it was through, um, it, yeah, it was through LinkedIn messenger. And I was like like come on and i remember I think- maddie sent us the snapchat she's like this was somebody's resume and she opens it up and the first like the full page front page of this resume is this guy's like it's a selfie yeah it's not even like it's like a little headshot in the corner it was the full page and she's like i don't know what to do i think maddie had a candidate one time where you emily you were talking about like the professional pictures i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was a female candidate and she uh i can't remember the position like if it was a creative position, maybe she thought this was like, it was either a creative or a sales position. But I mean, it was like the whole backwards pose, like showing the butt kind of kind of like a full body picture off to the <laughs> left, like in the left margin of her resume. People do better. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I would honestly just publicly laugh at them. I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be a uh, recruiter because I'd be like, you have mental issues. No to work well, out here's the thing and i i guess like it there's some of it you just have to laugh about and right. most of like i've had people get super shitty with me and again it's if you reach out to someone unsolicited as a headhunter you should probably expect not all your po- responses are going to be positive right and, and at the end of the day you got to let that roll off your back it can wear on you over time like if it, especially if it's eight hours of that you know like it can it can wear on you a little bit but i mean you got to have a positive outlook. You got to like to talk to people. You got to think in general, I'm going into this hoping people are going to be nice and that people are going to be kind 
and respectful. Um, and the only time that I've ever really flipped shit, there's two two instances. Uh, one was, well, well, the one I didn't really flip out on the guy. I just said, hey, I'm no longer interested. Um, there was a construction worker. It was a tradesman um, in Minneapolis. And he was talking about rooming with another project manager while they traveled for work. Um, and he, he referred to the guy. He's like, well, I think the guy is gay and I don't like to room with a F word. And I was like, oh, this conversation's over. So I'm like, no, this, I don't really think this is, you're going to be a fit for, for this role. Like, you know, like, and society, then, but okay. yeah, and he had to try to like, then he tried to like backpedal and stuff. But then the only, the two other times were recruiters that we had on our team, uh, Emily, where somebody treated them with a high level of disrespect. Someone did something to me and you got involved. You were fuming, I remember. Oh, I forgot what it was exactly, but well the bad. two the two that were really bad when Austin worked for us, somebody called him the N-word, um, a candidate. And so horrible. So that like that, that ended up being like a whole team oh, effort God. where <laughs> we you know, we we sent the information to his current employer. Um yeah. and, the only other and then the other time was somebody saying something really profane to marissa and and, and it doesn't even have to be in a recruiting capacity if you said something like that to one of my kids to a family member to any of my friends or yeah. any of my employees like those are my people like that's who i'm responsible for so i ended up lighting that guy up and used my used our recruiting software to get his wife's phone number to get his kids phone number and i'm like if you don't apologize to her i'm not only going to send this to your current employer i'm going to post it on social media and i'm going to contact your wife because he said something like incredibly inappropriate i'm like she is a mother of two but at the time she was pregnant i'm like she is a pregnant mother of two and at what like what right do you think that you have to talk to anyone like that she reached out to you in a professional capacity to reply yeah. to your application yeah her application like or his application yeah oh man it's, it's the audacity and i mean and again it's a small percentage but the thing is, is that we talk to so many people right like, over the think of how many people you talk to over the course of a year i probably talked to like statistically like seven serial killers by now <laughs> like, oh, sure and that's the thing is you talk to so many people that those those things come up more for us than they do to you know anybody else who might just have a weird experience at a store but man i i was at miles i was on the messaging that guy i had already posted it on um facebook and tagged him in it and he's like, you need to pull it. I'm like, you need to apologize. When you apologize. Yeah. And that's so something too. Like I kept going until I got to Miles soccer game and I was yelling at the guy in the parking lot on the phone. And I just kept on, kept on. I'm like, you have 10 minutes. And then when she forwarded me the email that said he like he professionally apologized. Oh. And um, like I understand I will not be in consideration for this role anymore, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, cool, I'll delete the post. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's so, and that's the thing too, is I think there's a lot of places and a lot of people who think that when you're disrespected in your profession and when you're like being professional, um, if you like 
retaliate, not even retaliate, but like, if you even like stand up for yourself, it's unprofessional. I'm like, that is absolutely not the case. You as a professional have the right to say, I'm not going to stand for this. No long, like not only are you no longer in consideration, but like, if you don't apologize, this is going to happen. There are repercussions, you know, it's not, we're just at your service and I'm going to, I'm going to bite my tongue to be professional. That's not how it should go. And I really think a lot of the places, like, I mean, the previous, like one of the previous places I worked at, I was like, it was like borderline sexual harassment from a candidate. Mm -hmm. And I was told like, don't do anything. And they just kept this candidate just kept going and going and going. And they're like, don't say anything. I'm like, I have the right to defend myself right. and I have the right to say, this isn't going to fucking fly. <laughs> like, so yeah, that's, that's something that I hate. I've seen too many places. I've seen too many places that are like, I get it. The customer's always right. Or, you know, ignore it. Or there's some things as a human that you just don't have to tolerate. No. And those would be instances where I would understand not tolerating yeah. it and standing yeah. yourself yeah. You can't. There's, gonna write a bad there's some people that just way cross that line where it's, it's beyond just, you know, there's, there's casual conversation and then there's direct unprofessionalism and yeah, there's some of it you can ignore, but then there's, there's a certain level that it's like, no, no, I gotta, I have to say something and right. that's necessarily you have to take action to retaliate, but there's nothing wrong with just saying, no, this isn't like, no, like you, this isn't tolerated. And, and again, you can just be like, Hey, it's not my company. Like I'm not like, it's, I mean, no, there's like, there's, there's a certain moral compass, you know, it's treat people kind. Like it, for me, it's just like yeah. treat people. I wouldn't want to be like, treat, I wouldn't treat you that way. Don't treat me that way. Right. Yeah. I would respect your boundaries that. and just be a good, be a good person, people. So that kind of makes, makes me think of another, um, I know we've been rambling a little long today, but, um, the, uh, that makes me think of, we've worked with clients all over, all over the United States at this point in a variety of industries. And they, and the, there's also that whole common misconception, like the customer's always right thing. Like there's a mm-hmm. fine line that we have to, that we have to tow as recruiters because we've been asked to <clears throat> filter candidates. Like it, it exists like for, so somebody to say like that this doesn't exist anymore, but we've had because the client thinks because they're not actually doing it that they can ask a recruiter to be blatantly discriminatory. Oh, um, meaning, the, yeah. I mean, uh, where you know, we had to play hot or not with candidates before they're like, well, they need to look like they came out of a, like from a modeling agency. I'm like, yeah. is this a modeling position? Right. No, is this casting? Like, like yeah. I, I understand the appeal of like someone being attractive, like sex sells, whatever, but that's not like, that's not a way to approach the candidates and to like approach their, that was their top qualifier too. Like, Hey, all right. This person's not attractive enough. Um, we've had that. Um, I'm trying to think now I've had to dance around it a little bit. And I think I did it more. I, I did it subconsciously just because I knew people in different cities of different races that had a harder time in certain positions. And so I didn't really do it from a, from a place of like, oh, I'm not gonna consider a candidate of this particular like race or ethnic group, but I've had to ask a client based on the vibe that I was getting from them. I'm like, is there anything about a, any particular demographic of people that would struggle in this role based on where you're working? 
And I had one client tell me, he's like, hey, you know what? I never really thought about that in this particular area. No, but if we were working at our other office, he's like, they would struggle. So I'm not saying that I wouldn't hire people of a particular background or color or whatnot, but I'm just saying they're going to do better in this particular location versus that location. Yeah, right. So it's like, oh, it makes you feel gross. It makes you feel icky, but it's like the world that we live in because I would hate like the last thing I would want is like on my conscience, there's like, I've seen the shit that's happened in Texas. I've seen this happen in Florida after a big storm where door-to-door sales reps get a gun pulled on them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to be the person that's like, I placed you at the company and you got dropped into a racist hotbed. Like I would feel terrible. Right. Right. And so like, there, but it, it, but it exists, you know, like, and I've only ever had, I've had a handful of clients where they specify something that's like, oh, like I can't can't ask that and i have only had one and i know the guy's name and the company name and the cities that he's in but i'm not going to say anything but he was very adamant about women just can't do this job i was like oh shit i'm like i mean you're actually talking to a woman who's done this job hi Um, woman here (laughs) and he's like well i can't trust that a woman can drive a truck and set up a a two-story ladder and i'm like i have met so many men who couldn't set up a two-story ladder you sir deserve a punch in the dick right (laughs) so like that whole thing of when you say discrimination like uh, there's a reason that it's illegal but um i mean we've been in a position where we've had to like decline really talented candidates because of appearance um i this is one of the more grotesque things I've had to deal with in recruiting. It's so none of the places we work together, but it was one of my more recent places I was recruiting for, um, told me I could not interview someone if I could not pronounce their name. Huh? Literally was blatantly told that it was horrible. Did I listen? No. And I would do everything as I like that I could as a recruiter to, you know, I mean, represent them because I'm not just trying to like make my client happy. I'm really trying to find a, it's a good fit. I want the, the candidate happy. I want the client happy. You know, I want it to be all in harmony here, but I mean, it's there, there were times where I'm like, I had to like really overly like try to like sell this person. Cause I'm like, they're a great fit. Right. You can't pronounce their name, but that's a, that's a personal problem of yours. Learn right. how to pronounce their fucking name. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the hardest thing about recruiting. And, you know, it was refreshing. We had a client, we had a initial call with a client just yesterday, it, not for recruiting services, but just a, a marketing client where it was refreshing to see like, he's like, Hey, I'm pretty inclusive. And, it, and he did, he had a diverse staff. And the thing that they were struggling with were the, <laughs> the people who were a little too vocal with hateful shit on social media yeah so it's like and i'm like wow that's actually refreshing because we tend to see in the industries that we work in it's you know a little more working class and you know you don't have people as near as open-minded and there were definitely times in even building our own team at other at other companies where it's like it felt gross and you know me having a gay kid to have somebody like turn their nose up when they can see that oh no they posted a pride flag on their facebook profile so we can't hire them i'm like are right. you fucking kidding me do you remember um the story i told you about the the candidate who was perfect for this one role and they were wearing a bracelet it was a pride bracelet was that the same one that was wearing fingernail polish and yes they, yeah yes and that we all interviewed all up so mm-hmm. qualified was so excited for the role I mean, would have just been such a great 
fit. And no, just this was the problem. And this was a problem. I'm like, and then um, when the final person interviewed them and asked, well, would you, would you remove all this so you could work here? And they stood there in front of him and just go, no, I'm not going to compromise my values and my beliefs and, you know, who I am as a person to fit this mold. Mm. And honestly, that alone should have been like a green flag like that. What a wonderful, like we want people like that. We should want people who aren't going to compromise and aren't going to waver, but it wasn't to their liking. And you know, it just, that it was, it was pretty shitty to, to see that. And it's very frustrating as a recruiter who, you know, God, you found, you found what you think was the unicorn. And then nope. And I guess we just happen to see it a little bit more in, in the industries that we've worked in. Not that it's rampant. I wouldn't say that it's running rampant, but the thing that I don't like is like developing and like EOS is something that I love. Like I love when we went through that. I love the parts of it that we follow and developing like a company core values. I really do think that that's like, some people are like, oh, that's cheesy. Like, but I mean, remove the cheese factor at, at like at its core, no pun intended. It's a really positive thing. Yeah. But there's this whole group of people who you have to be so careful in recruiting because like you're you can't take your core values and utilize and manipulate it to to basically create a lens of discrimination yeah and so like there's a fine line and you got to remember even eos teaches everything that i've read is like if you have 10 core values you might interview somebody that you only know at this moment that they fit with seven of them and that's okay. You got to get to know them a little bit better, or yeah. you got to get them immersed in the culture to where they buy into the core values or they start to practice it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, it's like saying, I'm never going to hire anybody who's never read a self-development book. Well, what if they're 22? Yeah. You know, like, like, like they, they don't, don't know go to what gym. self-development is. Right. What if they just not been exposed to it? doesn't mean that they're opposed, they're opposed to it. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that's the, like, that's the dark side of recruiting that I just, um, and I've recruited for clients. Like you've had that, I know the client, I know the industry that you're talking about as far as like the hot or not kind of thing, but I've seen the recruiting. I've, I've worked with another individual who was looking for an executive assistant that had to check off all of the physical things mm-hmm. like it has to be a woman. And it's like, that's reverse discrimination. First of I all, I prefer a blonde, like, yeah. It has to be a woman, it has to be blonde, she has to be fit. And it's like, oh, don't, I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear it. And as a recruiter, you're sitting there going, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and because that's it's so like, scary water to this, be. Because you're now putting this in my head where I'm not looking through, like the rest of my recruiting, I'm not looking through this discriminatory lens, but you just now created it. And, then, and it's like, Ugh. Yeah. you know, and you feel, you feel gross about it. So, yeah, yeah. but we've all, we've all been there. We as recruiters have been there. Emma, I'm sure you've been there maybe at some point too. <laughs> some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you were hired because you were just adorable. <laughs> no, actually, truth be told, Emily didn't like me at first. Well, that's funny. Or you, I don't or like you a lot didn't, of people at first. Yeah. She said she didn't like me at first, but then we found out we're like twins kind of. <laughs> pretty much (laughs) anyway if you want to hear a topic need some advice just want to chat you could find us on instagram at f underscore underscore k your pod 
or you can email me at Emma at 99 creatives or Katie at Katie at 99 creatives. And if you want more information about recruiting, you can, <laughs> but yeah, my email is Emily at all wait, recruiting all stars, recruiting all stars. <laughs> like all you even know your own email. Are you okay? <laughs> I, I have a newborn. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> what is mom? Sweet. Momnesia. I have mom brain oh my god it's real but yes emily at recruiting allstars.com well moral of a story if you're looking for a job and you're going through a recruiter don't be a fucking dick (laughs) don't (laughs) anyway strange people in foreign lands are we keeping that story in here we might as well keep that story in anyway (laughs) okay bye adios (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.